let's get past them today. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Modern Man Podcast, where we are on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. We do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sails. And we're getting a lot of wind in our sails together from my guest, best-selling author, international speaker, advisor, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Paul Homley on the podcast. Paul, thanks for joining (laughs) us, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. What I like to do is I like to make sure right off the gate, we allow the audience and the guests to kind of get acquainted. So I'd love to hear in your own words, kind of who you are, what you do, and then we can kind of hop into talking about how we can grow our wealth today. I'm one of those guys that just seems to always kind of find goofy challenges. I grew up in a super small Midwestern town in South Dakota and was like, okay, this is not what I want. I need something better, something bigger. Let's take a risk. And then my best friend at the time, this is back in 1997, was like, hey, I'm going to move to Texas. I'm going to become a UFC fighter. And this is when the UFC was like super infancy stage. And I'm like, that's a pretty crazy goal. But you know what the hell? I'll move down there and you know, I'll spend a year down there and I could always move back if I don't like it. End up moving down to Texas, started training jujitsu, fell in love with that. And then my best friend ended up making it to the UFC. It was a crazy experience. I got to go corner fights all over the world. Then got married, became a stockbroker, did the whole corporate thing. And I was like, okay, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> then I jumped into entrepreneurship. Then I became good at running gyms and I became a consultant. But now just helping people with their money. And like, it's a super rewarding thing to help people build up a business to the point where they're like, hey, what do I do with all this extra money? And it's like, well, now you got to start investing because you know, yeah. 2020 taught us that you got to have money outside your business. So yeah, I do a little bit of everything, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like in the book, Russell Brunson talks about expert secrets where you're an expert when you just train the people one step behind. It yep. sounds like you kind of put your head down, did the work. You took a lot of steps. And because of that, you have a lot of people you could help. So yep. I appreciate you kind of doing that grind and getting to where you are <laughs> and throwing the ladder back down for us down here. But I want to talk about that transition where you're a stockbroker, you're sitting there like, all right, man, this ain't it. Wait, I got to get out of here. What was that thought process like? How long did you, I guess, sit in that boiling water? What got you out of the pot? Man, it was tough because literally, you know, you grow up as a kid, lower middle class family with no money. And also now you're making money and you're talking to people that have a lot of money. You're like, oh my God, there's so much potential. I'm married. I got two kids. I got a house. I got a dog. I'm like, man, I have everything. But then I wasn't trained as much. I was getting fat, chasing, you know, trying to move up to the corporate ladder. And it was like, it just wasn't fulfilling and rewarding anymore. Like I tell people like, I love the job. It was a great job. But then you hit that point where you're like, is this what I keep want to do the rest of my life or go on to do something different? And then I was helping my buddy with his gym. And around this time, he was going on the Ultimate Fighter 4. And I was like, man, if he wins that season, and then it'll be interesting. It could change his life. He ended up winning the season and then fighting Anderson Silva for the title. And I was like, man, if he wins this fight, his life's going to completely change. And then I'm going to have to make some changes to help along the way. And so when we got really close to it, I told my wife, I was like, hey, you know, she was super supportive. And I was like, man, if this works out, it could be really good for us. That worst case scenario, I leave my job on good terms. And I've got two years till my license expire. I can always go back. So it's not the end of the world. And so we took the jump and yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely, I let Stu, you know, probably for a year or two while I was doing it. And then I did both. I opened my gym and I did both jobs for a couple of years, which I wasn't the most fun, but you know, it kept me from altering my family's lifestyle, I guess. So I just made the sacrifice and did both for two years. Well, honestly, man, I think what you just said is I think a lot of guys that might be listening find themselves in that position, right? They're like, I have a family, I have kids, mortgage and bills to pay. But man, what I'm doing is not it. And I got this other thing that I really believe in and I think I can make work. So, So sometimes we have to have that temporary sacrifice in between in order to chase that vision. Was the whole vision actualized before you hopped in or were you kind of like, have an inkling in the direction in which I want to go. Let's let's go for this opening door and see where it leads. Yeah, I, I had an idea where I wanted to go, and it wasn't 
all perfect. And then, you know, when you get there, it's like, it's nowhere near what you thought it was going to be. It's like, oh, cool. I gave up my nine to five for a nine to 1030. You know, and you're like, yeah. And work weekends. <laughs> so I was working all the time and everything. But then we hit this point, you know, where I was like, two years in and I was like, man, I can't do both anymore. It's like, something's got to give. It's either we either close the gym and I go back to work the firm or, you know, we go all in and just do it. So we went all in on it and it was scary, but it was super rewarding. And then anybody that's taken the jump knows once you're in it, you're like, you got to swim. So it's like, you just start swimming and you kind of figure it out as you go. And you're like, okay, the, all the stuff that you thought you need to do, it's actually different. It's more, you have to become good at sales. You have to become good at marketing. If you don't become good at those two things, it doesn't matter how good you are. Nobody's going to know who the hell you are. And I'll be transparent and honest since starting this podcast, doing everything and starting my business. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this and doing that. And you acquire these skills. And I'm in a point right now where I'm like, crap. I think I did this backwards because the last skills where I have an infrastructure built, I'm looking at sales and marketing. I need to learn this. But what would you say to somebody who might be looking at that? What would be the first approach that they take towards like, okay, I need, I have a business idea. I want to build this. What's the first skill I acquire? Oh man, we're rewinding real fast. I think you did the right thing because you have to have that skill. You have to have something. That's a problem with the internet marketing world is you get these guys that are good at sales and marketing and then they sell garbage. And you're like, that is kind of, <laughs> so having that, what you're doing is good. You're having a solid product, something that people you believe in that you've worked through. And then from there, then it's like, okay, now I got to learn sales and marketing. And then the big thing is, man, start consuming, you know, sales podcasts, sales books, marketing books, listening to podcasts. I mean, there's so much free stuff out there. And then really at the end of the day, I tell people sales is literally one of the easiest things if you're selling something you believe in that helps people. And because when I grew up, I was like, man, I'm never going to, I was told, you know, 18, 19 year old, I'll never sell anything when I was in college. And I'm not sell out, you know, F the man. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to do other things. I'll never sell anything. And then I'll never forget. I was working at the brokerage firm, you know, I'm more than eating my peanut butter and jelly sandwich over in the corner. And I'm seeing these other guys eating lunch in the cafeteria dress real nice. I'm like, what are those guys doing? Like they're all in sales. And I'm like, man, it's like, all right, you know, I got a kid now. It's like, I'm married. It's like, I got make more money. And then you found out yeah. all the money's on the sales <laughs> side. It's where it all is. Cause that's what drives the business. So I tell people the easiest thing, no matter what you're selling, no matter what you're doing is find out how it helps people and what their problem is, and then just solve their problem. And then selling becomes so easy. It's like, you know, even some of the Gary Vee stuff is just like, mm -hmm. you know, just deliver on what's going to help people and then sales becomes so easy. Yeah. You identify what it is you need. And it's kind of like, okay, if you're selling ice to an Eskimo, you're going to have a hard time. <laughs> yep. Try to sell a bottle of water to someone in the desert. You know, what's the <laughs> saying? I think it was Alex Hermosi who talks about if you're selling hot dogs, what do you want? And the, the correct answer is a hungry crowd. Yep. <laughs> you just, dude, his stuff is so fire right now. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, he's, doesn't miss right now, man. Man, um, it's awesome. Well, speaking of which, with that mindset, for anybody who might know who Alex Ramosi is already, might be listening to him. You know, there's you have a belief in as someone when I was first working, I remember working hourly, and I was like, all right, nice, I'm getting paid. Then I was like, man, when I'm not at work, I'm not making money, so I want a salary. Then I started making a salary, and I realized, okay, now I'm willing to work more than the allotted time, but I can't <laughs> make more money. So I kind of realized going through, I was like. Maybe sales is the way it is, you know, maybe just getting compensated for the work I put in is the way it is for anybody who wants to acquire wealth, for anybody who wants to be a millionaire. Is that attainable for anybody listening right now? Do you believe that? hundred percent. I get a lot of grief. People like, oh no, I don't, I'm not born for money or you came from money. I'm like, man, I started investing with $0. And the craziest thing I tell people is like, I've seen it thousands and thousands of times over being a broker. Because when I first got hired, it's like, I didn't have any investments. My parents never talked about money. The only time we talked about money, it was everybody's probably had the same thing with their parents. Like, oh, we can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees. Rich people suck. And then I started working as a broker and I started talking to people and they have millions of dollars. And I'm like, 
you know, they talk to you about different stuff and you realize like, so all you did is put like $300 a month away in your 401k for 50 years. And you're like a multimillionaire. And they're like, yeah, it was really easy. I just, my friends didn't do it. I did it. And I'm like, man, and I talked to thousands <laughs> of people in the same situation. And then I'm like, you know, and then as I moved up in the company, we would help people and we'd show them different graphs and you can go like on different investment calculators. You can go on any financial website. And I tell people it's the funnest thing to do is look at it. Like how old you are. So say you're listening to this right now and you're 30 and you're like, man, I want to retire at 60. Okay. Well, you got 30 years. So you put in there 30 years. The average annual return SP 500 is 11%. Some people say 10, some people say 11, but say 11%. And then you're like, okay, if I want to have a million dollars, how much do I have to put away? And then it'll tell you, it'll be like, you need to put away $395 a month for the next 30 years. And if you're listening to this and you're not willing to do that, you got to really stop and think about it. You need to do that because everybody's like, oh, I'll just put all my money back in my business. You know, then I'll sell it. I'll do whatever. Or, you know, I'll just put my biggest return. That was the biggest objection people to tell me is like, oh, it's you know, put all my money, this is my biggest return. But then 2020 happened and I had two different clients. I had the clients that had done what I said. And I'm like, like, man, what do I do? I'm like, okay, cool. Do you have your emergency account set up? Yeah, I'm good there. I got my investments. Yep. Okay, good. I said, man, you're good. Just sit back and then, you know, wait for the flatten the curve. And of course that didn't work. But yeah. <laughs> and then my other clients, my other clients like, oh man, I never set up the savings account. I never set up a line of credit. I never set up an emergency account. And I'm like, well, uh, cross your fingers and pray. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, because yeah. it was crazy at that time. They're like, well, can I go to the bank? And I'm like, dude, the banks are physically closed. You can't even I mean, it was unprecedented in 2020. You couldn't physically go to a bank. I mean, yeah. how are you going to get a loan? How are you going to get a line of credit for your business? And it's like, so I address these things with these guys. I'm like, man, you have to look at the bigger picture. And people are like, well, that's so slow and boring 30 years. I'm like, well, yeah, but what's the alternative? You don't do it. And in 30 years, you don't have anything. It's like, just do yeah. it. And if you're listening, you're an entrepreneur and it's like, you should be able to put away, you know, three, four, 500 bucks a month away. It's, you, know, you can't even get a car payment for that right now with interest rate. But, you know, you start oh, doing those, you start making small sacrifices now for the big picture later on. And then it opens up a whole nother world to you. So yeah, I believe hundred percent anybody can do it. I mean, it's almost the thing of the experiment with the marshmallows, right? The kids that wait for the second marshmallow, yep. the ones that eat the first one. It's having that prolonged gratification and being able to look at yourself in a great way. I look at it is the richest man in Babylon. Yep. You get 10 coins, you put one away. And I don't share it enough. And I'm happy to say on this episode, the fact of the matter is I remember being over $10,000 in credit card debt. That's some of the worst debt I think I could have. Like, I'm ten thousand dollars plus in credit card debt and student loans, and Oof. and I remember buying a pair of headphones with my credit card. It's <laughs> a pair of white skull candy headphones. I wore those out. I can only imagine how much I paid for them now that I have this financial literacy because <laughs> yeah. they were like ninety dollars. I put them on my credit card, not knowing any better. I'm like, yeah, I just pay it monthly, and. What was crazy, Paul, when I kind of looked around and saw my credit score was terrible, in debt up to my eyeballs, and I started doing that chunk of 10, one coin for every 10 coins, man, I was able to build back. I guess talk about the trajectory for somebody who might be kind of discouraged for the pit that they found themselves in. Maybe they dug themselves in a hole. What encouragement would you give them for kind of starting that investment train? Because they might be thinking, well, I have debt, Paul, and yeah. I can't do this. I don't know how to get out of it. How can you turn those tides? Man, the biggest thing is you got to go back to your mindset. You know, you got to start listening to positive people. You got to stop listening to the news. You got to put yourself in better situations. Start listening to things that are supportive, that give your mindset a, a different thing. Yeah, it's like you might be behind the eight ball in your head. Are you really at the end of the day? No, you made some mistakes. And now it's like, how do I fix this? And I'm a huge fan of that. Like some people say, oh, you got to eliminate all your debt before you invest. If that was the case, I would have never invested because I always have debt. I'm always doing something with the business or something with my life. But it's like, I never stop investing because that's the whole thing. So even if you haven't started, it's like the old saying, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago or today. 
So yeah. literally just look at it be like, you know what? I haven't done anything. It's a fresh start. I'm starting today. I'm going to start putting a little bit of money every month. And then in a year from now, two years from now, you're like, oh man, shoot, that account's getting kind of big. This is kind of cool. And then it starts to get addicting. You're like, man, if I raise this up a little bit and put a little bit more money into here, I did this, I did that. And then it starts to see bigger rewards because really it's never too late to get started. Yeah. If you're listening and you're 60 and you want to retire at 65, it's going to be a little bit of a problem. You got to, yeah. but it's not, but the fun part about it is it's fine. Mathematically not impossible. It's like, yeah, if you want to retire in five years and you got zero, you need to be putting like 10 grand away. So you better be out there hustling and you know, versus the, like I drove off my son, my son's 19. And I'm like, dude, if you put $150 away for a month, you know, when you're in your sixties, you're going to have, you'll be a multimillionaire. And it's like, you have time. It's like people my age yeah. don't have as much time. So somebody my age, like I was doing the math, helping out the client. I'm like, man, if you're 45 and you started with zero, you got to be putting 1100 bucks a month away Yeah. versus a 19 year old's got to put 150. So it's like the less time you have, the more you have to accelerate it. But then the good news is if you're listening and you're older, it's usually your fifties and sixties, those are your prime earning years anyway. So you can make up a lot yeah. of ground. So I tell people, man, don't get down on yourself. We all screw up. I mess up in life. I mess up in everything, but then you just get back up and you're like, all right, let's do it again <laughs> and just get after it. Yeah, because if you're kind of a little later in life, at least you have your, your prime earning years, yep. your prime potential earning years ahead of you. And it's so right what you said about mindset. You could kind of just want to touch on interest, for example, right? And to imagine, like I had a friend and just for basic numbers for folks, there's a car payment that needs to be paid down. Interest on it's 3%, right? There's $10,000 left on the car. My friend comes in on with $10,000 from an insurance payout or something. And he's like, oh, I should pay down the car. And my other friend was like, no, nah, I would put that in i would invest that and it was such a crazy mindset blow for me because he's <laughs> like ted i would rather pay three percent interest on a loan while i make eight to ten percent interest on an investment and it's amazing because you just mentioned debt and how like oh yeah i wouldn't invest if i had any debt and that's just not the case talk about that understanding and how like almost being able to do the math to that nuance yeah it sucks we're not taught these things in school it's like they don't want us to know these things or it's like all debt is not bad debt you know it's like you can have especially with interest rates worth two years or even a year ago man it was like free money it was like you could take out a give get a car for zero percent or one percent i mean it's like you couldn't beat it and then you're investing money in the market and like last year you know you're making well over ten percent so it's like you know you're gonna have times like that where maybe it's not the best decision to pay off all the debt maybe you're like you know what i got three years on this note i'm just gonna keep paying that and then the difference i'm gonna invest so that way i have this retirement nest egg and i'm building it up because that's gonna be the biggest thing is you know building up assets for when you're old because I tell people it's like man you do not want to be that person that's 65 wanting to go live with your kids because you can't you can't afford to do anything because <laughs> you're banking on social security which even if it's still around it's not enough to survive. Yeah social security will not keep us afloat <laughs> and, and I'm not banking on that right now no. and I advise the listeners not to bank on it also. You mentioned acquiring assets and, and we talked about investing right I mean clearly I think we're on the same page and having that kind of foundation and understanding that we that's something we should do. What does that actually look like for somebody who's like, okay, do I open up a Robinhood account? Do I open up a Webull account? Like, what do I do with investing? How do I start? Man, it's funny. I tell people if you just want to play around like that, yeah, open up any account, Webull, Robinhood, Fidelity, Schwab, Ameritrade. But when it comes to like an IRA or retirement account, I tell people like really go into one of those places that everybody's scared to go to because people think, oh, I got to have a million dollars to walk into Schwab branch or Fidelity or Ameritrade or Vanguard. And the truth of the matter is you don't because they play the long game. It's like it's sticky money. They know if you come in there with nothing, you open up an IRA today and you start putting money away, then you open one for your wife next year, you start putting money away, then you open a college account for your kid, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're a regular customer. People are always, this, when I talk to them, they're like, oh man, I can't go in there. And I'm like, why not? Worst case scenario, yeah, you go in there. If there's two, if there's two people in the lobby, one's got a five million dollar check and one's got a five thousand dollar check, you're not going to get as much attention. Yeah, it's like going to the Cowboys game. It's like if you buy like the 
field pass versus the nosebleeds, you're going to get a different level of attention. So you can't be expecting to get that level of attention, but they will help you. It's like they're there to help. And worst case scenario, you go in there and they're busy and they're like, oh yeah, hey, here's this pamphlet. Go to the website, read this thing, open this account. I'll send you a link. Mm -hmm. They always want to open new accounts, but they'll start educating you and teaching you. And like, dude, the amount of stuff you can get off those websites for education is insane. Like they they want you to succeed because the more money you make, the more money they make. And it's just this cycle. So, but a lot of people are just so scared and intimidated, but it's like, man, just go in there. It's like, I remember when I was younger, first time you go into a bank, you're scared. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm in a bank. And then I know I talk to people all the time. Like, I've never gone to a brokerage place. I'm like, why? It's no different. They're just people. Mm. You know, so I tell people, you know, get started with something that you want to do long-term and, but, you know, pick like a Robin, it's cool. Weeble is cool, but start building a relationship with like an actual, like good size brokerage is what I highly recommend because they have so many good things they offer. Yeah, no, absolutely. Aside from investing, because you mentioned assets and liabilities, I guess what are some other assets that someone might look to accumulate? Like, let's say, and I call it for me, like my money waterfall, right? It's like, okay, cool. I might have my 401k, my Roth IRA, savings. I got my three to six month pad nice. and all that, right? It's like, what do yep. I do now? I want to keep growing. What are other assets I can look at? And that's the coolest thing is as the world keeps evolving, the last two years, we've seen more and more things pop up. Like some people are like, oh, I don't trust the stock market. I never put a dollar in there. It's like, well, cool. And don't, you know, create some kind of a savings account. And then you can start investing in real estate investment trust. You can start investing in different funds that just do real estate. You can start finding things that you're passionate about. Cause I have friends that are like, I only want to do real estate. And I'm like, well, that's cool, man. Go look at, you know, these things that only do real estate. Don't do the stock market. You know, some of my friends are like, oh, it's I'm crypto or die. Not as many anymore because they're pretty scared after last year. But you know, before last year, they were like, I'm only gonna do crypto. I'm like, well, that's cool, do crypto, but at least you know, balance it out and find things like that. And then you'll start to see these things because if you don't get started, it's hard to do these bigger things. Cause now when you get older and you start accumulating some money in your investment account, then other things come along where you might buy into a private equity deal for like some franchises or restaurants or something else. And it's like you get to see these things where it's like, oh man, that's how people break a lot of money is they put their money together and they all go buy this thing and nobody you know, it's all passive and there's just so many opportunities, but I tell people, if you don't start now, it's like, you can't skip from step one to step three, unless you somewhere come a whole bunch of money in between, which most of us isn't going to happen. So it's like, you got to put in that work. You got to put the money away. You got to, it's like you said earlier, you got to wait to get the second marshmallow, man. Don't eat the first one. So just wait, you know, put money away opportunities there and it's going to keep getting better and better. That's something that I really had opened my eyes, especially going back to that book, The Richest Man in Babylon, which I'll have my team put a, a link into that book. Yeah, that's a great book. But it was, they also mentioned about putting your coins aside because when an opportunity to make more coins come, you want to have those coins. And Paul, I've been having, 2020 was an example, and it's unfortunate for the reality of what was happening in 2020, yeah. but in recent years, trained myself to see opportunities in every situation. And I'm looking, Paul, like, man, there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity there. And it's like, in, for even some who might look at uh, when this episode comes out in the span of being in a, in a recession, the market going down, it's like, <laughs> some people are like, oh, market's going down. Other people are like, some of my friends are like, man, you see everything's on sale. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... It's crazy because if you have the coin saved up, you are then more equipped to take advantage of the opportunities when they arrive. And, and that's where the horrible saying, the rich get richer comes from. I literally hate that saying because it's like, no, it's like the people that planned ahead are going to get richer. It's like, because they did the things. 1% or half of 1% come from a family without bunch of money and give away their money. But most of us don't have anything. So we work our butts off to do it and accumulate things. But then the people mm-hmm. that didn't do anything, they're like, oh man, you got lucky. You're able to buy that business. And I'm like, 
no, I uh, saved money for 20 years. <laughs> and then, then I took the returns and then I invested that into something else. Cause yeah, it's super exciting. And, and like, I hate recessions. I hate, you know, it's scary, but I was joking around with some of my clients. I'm like, I'll take a recession over a pandemic any day of the week. Let's go. Cause like yeah. a recession, I could still sell. I can help people. People need things. They need to work out. They need to go to gyms. But man, a pandemic was like, Hey, if you go to the work, you're going to go to prison. And I'm like, oh, okay, this sucks. So recession, yeah. if you're listening, it's not that bad. A recession basically is like a reset button almost where it's like, it wipes out a lot of the things that we don't need that people were, you know, that weren't needed to make money, you know, and it's like, then the businesses, you know, the ones that were getting by just because they were there, then that had crappy service, they're going to go away. And who's going to survive is the businesses that have good service, good products, they're helping people and they're going to come out even better. And then if you're smart, you know, it's like Warren Buffett said, I think it was Warren Buffett or but it's like, yeah, be fearful when people are greedy and greedy when people are fearful. And then another one was, you know, you always buy when there's blood in the streets. It's like, we're getting close to like, people are just like, the average person I talk to right now is like, oh, I'd never invest in the stock market. Have you seen it? It's been down all year. I'm like, okay, good. More people say that, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like, dude, once we get to the bottom, it's like, it's time to back the bus up and start buying like really good companies, things you believe in. Because like, I'll even talk to my family and they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm not going to invest in the market. It's going down. And I'm like, Okay, but you're gonna buy Bitcoin when it's going up at sixty-seven thousand. But you're not gonna buy Amazon at one twelve. Yeah, I'm like, like you think Amazon's going out of business? And they're like, then they'll laugh at me. Of course not. And I'm like, then why would you not be buying it when it's on sale? They're like, I'm gonna wait till it goes up. And I'm like, okay, this makes no sense. There's no logic here. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I mean, think about it. Just even the things you buy. I mean, it's like. Yes, if the world goes to zero, we're all screwed and we're going to be using machetes. It's going to be the living dead. But if the world doesn't melt, you think Apple's going out of business? You think Amazon's going out of business? Target, Walmart? I mean, dude, these companies are going to make so much freaking money. (laughs) Dude, and then they have to pay it out to their shareholders. So it's like, that's when you start changing how you think about things and don't think like the average person and be like, oh, it's too scary. Yeah. Why, no matter how much money people make, some people will still be unhappy. Why, like they do it all and the investment, they're just like, oh, man, this isn't it. It's funny. I think a lot of it, and it it comes to do with, you know, we don't know how to enjoy the journey. And I was super guilty of this. Like I was just like, you know, I'd hit a milestone and I'd be like, okay, on to the next one, on to the next one. And you never stop to think about it. And then it's like, you get to this end point and you're just like, man, the best part was a journey. Now I'm here. Like I have friends that have a lot of money that work jobs that they freaking hate. But they're just miserable, but they that's how they make their money and all they care about is their money. And I'm like, bro, you need a vacation. You need to go do something. I can't, you know, I gotta get this thing so I can get my Q4 bonus. And I'm like, okay, dude, sounds like fun. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like if you stop and smell, I use the things, you know, like stop and smell the roses. Like, you know, when we were doing stuff with the UFC, my biggest regret was not enjoying the moment more. Like I'm at these big events, all these people, and I'm just working and, you know, focused on what we got to do. And I'm like, man, I, I talked to Dana White and I could have talked and I just walked off, you know, I'm like, what yeah. the fuck was I thinking? It's like, you yeah. know, it's like you're around these people and it's like, I wasn't enjoying it because it was like, it was just part of the process. Like, no, we got to get to this and win this fight. Yes, that's a piece of it, but I really wish I would enjoy it. So the thing I've learned as I've gotten older is, man, celebrate your wins, set some goals, go on stupid trips when you're young, like just pick the craziest ass trip you want to go on and go on it when you're younger. Cause you know, you see these people in their seventies trying to go on trips and they can hardly walk, you yeah. know, do some stuff now. And people are like, well, I thought you said I have to invest a bunch of money. Well, yeah, you do. You got to put money away. You got to have your plan. You got to do that. But also too, you got to create fun accounts. I call like literally call it a fun account where people put money away every month. So, you know, like, Hey, this is going to be, we're going to go on this epic trip. It's going to be amazing. And then you think about that trip for a whole year until you do it. And then like years later, you talk about it afterwards. Like my wife and I, we had a big celebration. It was like our 20th anniversary was coming up. Literally it was in 2019. <laughs> we did our anniversary mm-hmm. trip in December and we went like, went to Thailand. You know, we did, I did everything right. Like I planned a trip for like two years. I enjoyed it planning because it, it was like, you know, planned like business class, you know, super nice hotels, like yeah. just went all out. Dude. And it's one of my, best memories ever, you know? And it's like, I'm so glad we did it. 
You know, it's like, yeah. and if you enjoy those things, then it's like, yeah, you have money and you're going to do things like that. But if you don't ever enjoy it, it's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, that's almost like reread, finish the book, uh, shoe dog. Oh my God. It's a good book. And he talks about at the end where he like, when everything kind of comes together, he goes public and, you know, gets all this money. Okay. What do I feel? It's like, man, I wish I could do it all over again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get like, back in there and that ride. <laughs> yeah, and, and the people that listen are entrepreneurs and uh, they're getting started, man. That's like, I think back to like when I was, when I was grinding to open my gym and I was struggling and I'm in there just, you know, bonding with the guys and doing the things. And then I guys fighting. It's like, those are the best parts. Like right now it's like now to the gym to me is like, okay, how many leads do we got? How many appointments do we get? How many sales do we get? What's our retention rate? What's our cash flow? And it kind of loses that sexiness of like, man, we were in it and we were doing like, like shoe dog. Like he said, he's like, he's like, man, I got everything. And all I wanted to do was go back and start over. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> but I think it's a real thing though. I think, cause like, hopefully people listen to get to that point. I don't know, but that's, that's a huge milestone to get to where he got, but it's like, if a guy like that got there and he felt empty, it's like, man, maybe you need to stop and you know smell the roses a little bit more on the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. So how can, one of my last questions pretty much, we talked a lot about kind of investing, growing our wealth and really kind of planning for the punches light was surely cocking back to hit us with. But how can I build this money mindset? Because you said it's all about the mind. And some people listening right now might be like, well, I don't have enough to put aside. I don't have enough to kind of save up. How do you rewire that thinking and, and kind of jumpstart that growth? Man, two things. Read uh, Eric Thomas's new book and Ed Milet's new book. If you read those two or the audio books, it'll change. I mean, those guys, they're just they're just on point. ET is amazing. Ed Milet's amazing. And it gives you, it gives you a whole mind reset of like, you just got to do one more, do one more thing. Just do a little bit more than you're doing now. And I tell people when they argue like, man, you understand. I don't got no money. I don't have anything. I'm like, bro, can you open up an account and put a dollar a day in there? And they're like, yeah, it's a dollar a day. I'm like, well, you're not doing anything right now. So a dollar a day is, you know, there's 21 business days in a month on average is $21 a month. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, it's not going to make any difference. I'm like, well, in 30 years, it's going to make a way bigger difference than your zero is right now. And then once they do the dollar, then it's like, Hey, can you do five? Oh yeah, I can do five. Can you do 10? Yeah, I can do 10. You do 20. And they get to the point where they're like, man, if I pay myself first, it really doesn't matter. It's because we all know if we pay ourselves last, there's no money left. I spend everything between my (laughs) wife and my kids and the gym bills and marketing bills and everything. There's nothing left at the end of the month. So it's like, I have, it's all I'm a big fan of like, you have to create automations. Money has to move without you thinking about it. And then it's like, you start seeing these accounts, start building up and you're like, oh man, this actually works. Yeah. My wife makes fun of me. I'm on that called hashtag stay broke because I have so many different systems set up to hide money from myself. (laughs) And one is, and what's funny about it, man, is one I have, it'll randomly take like 10, 20, maybe 15. I think at most it's like 40 bucks out of my account. Just kind of uses artificial intelligence based on my expenses and whatnot. It'll just kind of take money away and I won't even notice. And then I'll check the account. And (laughs) I remember when it got up to 200 then it got up to 300. Man, I'm talking to you right now on a brand new Mac I bought last year after buying it outright after I let that account go up to over $2,500 because then it starts becoming a game. You know, like he starts as like, oh, I got, I have 1,000 points. Let's see if I can hold out to 2,000 points. Your accounts become these scoreboards that you check and you want to keep pouring into them and collecting your coins and you see how your coins go out and get others. That's that's the magic. (laughs) When you go to bed and your account says one thing and you wake up the next day, you're like, you guys got how many? (laughs) Yeah. Dude, when you the know, coins start making coins, that's when life gets good. <laughs> absolutely, man. And that's all getting on the other side of the compounding interest, which I certainly hope a lot of our listeners and watchers could eventually get to. 
Paul, I would love for them to also have access to you to learn more uh, of your mindset and learn. Uh, I mean, you crush it on social. Some of the things you share, we didn't even get to touch on. I mentioned my credit card debt and we can elaborate <laughs> on this really quick. Now, all my purchases are on a credit card. And that might make people sound like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Mindset's different because now I know that I'm actually using the credit card for me, not against me, man. Oh yeah. I leverage the crap out of credit cards. I want so many free things. I get so much free crap. It's like, but it's intentional. Like I want, I want airline miles. I want hotel, free hotel rooms. You know, I set things up like that, but yeah. People are like, oh my God, no, no, you just, no, it's like, no, you just, you set it up and you have it deduct payments automatically. So you never have a bill. It's like, you never yeah. owe interest. Dude, once you learn how to play the credit card game, man, you can get so much free stuff and upgrades and hotel rooms. And, you know, people are like, well, how'd you do this? And this, I'm like, oh, it cost me nothing. You know, my wife gets mad when I say that. She's like, oh, don't tell them that part. And I'm like, oh, I just did it on points. Yeah. You know, but it's fun <laughs> though. Yeah. You just got to learn to do it. And then another thing where I'm a huge fan of automation, you can automate your payments. You can have your credit card literally where it's like, Pay the balance on you know the due date or pay half twice a month or pay whatever. Just don't check the one that says pay the minimum every month. Don't check yeah, that no. one. <laughs> I do the same. I get an alert on my phone, which gives me a heads up a couple of days beforehand that that account's going to auto pay. And I just double check the account, make sure the money's good and everything. Yep. And it goes. Yeah. Automation yep. is huge. <laughs> Paul, I would love for our listeners to kind of have uh, access to you and be able to contact you, follow some of your content, which is amazing. How can they do that, man? The uh, best place is Instagram, you know, Instagram.com forward slash P A U L period H A L M E. And make sure that's the one you follow. They're, it's that's only a bad about Instagram right now. It's my favorite place to go. They let those fake accounts and they don't take them down. Yeah. So if you ever get an account and I'm asking you to send crypto, don't send crypto. It literally says it in my bio. I'm not going to ask you for crypto because I just want to give away like lots of free content, stuff like that. You know, if we have courses later on, but yeah, don't send me any crypto because it's not me. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. And you know, it's unfortunate scammers it's are out there. crazy. And they're picking off in our comments section, you know. Every time I send a complaint to Instagram, they say, oh, that account doesn't violate our standards. I'm like, it's a fake account stealing money. Yeah. <laughs> what standards is it not I'm violating? Like, what standard are you talking about? If I, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it gets crazy. There's like three or four of them. And people hit me up later on like, hey, I sent that fake account money. I'm like, well, why did you do that? It's like my yeah. bio literally says, because I had to do it afterwards. I'm like, I will never ask for crypto. Even though I love crypto, don't get me wrong. I love crypto, but now because of these stupid scam things, it's like, I can't ask people, you know, so people can't pay in crypto. You can't do anything. You got to go through our normal sales call procedure. You know, if you want to buy one of our coaching programs, because it's like, it just sucks. Cause it's like, I hate seeing people getting taken advantage of, but yeah, be careful out there. There's some shadiness on Instagram, but still better than Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I'm on IG too, but I'll have that link in the show notes for everybody that they way they can open up their apps if they're listening on Spotify or the computer, wherever they may be, they'll get linked up and plugged right into your Instagram. Paul, man, this has been amazing. I'm going to recap some of the points you made along the way, because I know a lot of folks listening might be driving or cleaning yeah. or doing something while listening. So uh, I went ahead, I got the pen and paper for folks with wasn't fulfilling. The first thing you mentioned was stockbroken. And I've, I've known this feeling in certain jobs that I've done where you could be making a lot of money, you could be paying the bills, but for some reason, the job that you're doing just doesn't light you up. And, and if that's the position you're in, you know, maybe it might be time to kind of look for something else. And then when you mentioned, I can't do both. At some point in time, when you find something else, you're going to have to let go of the first monkey bar. You're going to have to kind of have that moment in the air before you grab the next vine. And that's where the magic happens. It sounded for you, Paul, that was like when it really got real. And it yeah, it really got real. Quiet. Once you let go of that other bar, it's like you're not going back. <laughs> yeah, I got to keep this momentum going. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, take that jump. Sales and marketing, I love the reassurance. In fact, acquire the skill, acquire the structure, the framework before I learned the sales and marketing. It might seem like the long way to do it, but if you're in sales, 
you want to be getting something valuable and it can become very, very easy when you identify that problem and you just solve it for folks. And then people pooling their money for real estate investments, finding funds. If you don't have an abundant amount of money, you can start where you are when it comes to investing and acquiring assets, but you have to start. Kind of like that quote, you don't have to be great to finish, but you have to start to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and then enjoy the journey along the way and then read E.T.'s new book and Ed Milet's new book. I haven't gotten into those yet, but because of your recommendation, I'm going to bump that a little bit higher on the list. Maybe. Yeah, man, those two, I saw those two speak at an event in Dallas and it was like, it was unreal. It's like, if you're having a mindset block, man, you nothing E.T. and Ed can't take care of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they'll, they'll beat it up really quick. Paul, man, thank you so much to the listeners, the watchers making it to the end. We appreciate you and you already know what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask and request that you share this with someone that you know will also get value from it because that's what we do here at Modern Man. We put wind in each other's cells and we help people grow. Please hit that subscribe button so you get a new episode each and every single week and leave us a rating so you can let us know how we're doing. The only way we improve and get better is by your feedback. So we would love to see that. And of course, we'll do our best to keep upping the ante and delivering you the value that you need. With that being said, go forth, have a great day. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow.